Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Naked Leadership Podcast. My name is Chad. This week, I sit down with Dan and Adrian, and the topic of conversation is humility. What is humility? What isn't humility, especially in the context of leadership? It's a great conversation. Can't wait to dive in. But before we do, I want to tell you about the Revenant that we have coming up end of June. We talk a little bit about it at the end of this episode, so make sure you stick around, listen to that. And also I wanna mention, you can go to wearerevenant.com. Wearerevenant.com, get all the details there, register, and we'll see you in Nashville in June. gentlemen how are you uh doing great thanks good to be here so good to be back with you this week Uh, i'm excited to tackle the conversation that we have prepared for today i wanted to talk about humility you know i oftentimes when i'm thinking about i uh, i know that a lot of the content that both of you put on your social media platforms uh instagram and linkedin a lot of that comes with or, or comes from current conversations that you're having with clients Um, and one of the, one of the themes that I've been seeing as of lately is this idea of humility and what it is and what it isn't and how do we use it and what is its place in our lives? I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's, I I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what humility is, uh, and what it isn't. And that's why I wanted to tackle this conversation today because there, it is kind of, uh, poppy, um, popular right now to be the humble servant leader, whatever that means. Um, so that's what I actually wanted to have a conversation to see if we could get some definition around what that is or, or it is not. And, um, yeah, I think it'll, I think it'll make for some interesting conversation. So right here at the top, if I talk about humility, what are some of, I always like to start with what, what are you guys noticing as you talk with clients, um, or out there in the world, what are some of the misconceptions about humility that you're seeing? That's a great question. And I love this topic. I mean, it's worth, it's worth having. Um, so you know, thanks. Thanks for bringing this up today. Um, what are some misconceptions about humility? Um, well, it depends on how we define terms, but uh, how it's, you know, people's typical orientation towards humility is they ought to have it, but they'd rather not. Um, like humility is for some folks, humility is a goal for some, it is, it is a position of weakness, um, uh, to be avoided. Um, it's, it's, and for some folks, they want to look humble, but not actually be humble. And once again, we haven't defined terms, but I think that's kind of the thing. Like, and if maybe a traditional way of looking at it would be like to see oneself, you know, um, lowly meek, um, you mentioned like servant leadership, um, like here for you, I'm a people leader, that type of thing, like humble, like I'm here. Um, and you know, that all sounds good. And there, but there are ways in which to do it that sabotages the very thing you're trying to do. Um, and there's ways to do it where people lose themselves and, and, and sometimes lose themselves forever. 
mm-hmm. but they're but they're not themselves, and then quote unquote themselves, and then end up becoming the becoming the exact opposite to deal with what they've been unwilling to to do and unwilling to say. So, I mean, my head naturally flows into a conversation about the paradox of humility, which we'll get there, I'm sure. But anyway, there's this tension around it, uh, especially in this kind of, um, you know, some cultures, I'm thinking about a a client we've got right now, that's a very um, self-aggrandizing culture. It's a self-promotional culture. And so in that type of culture, sometimes humility is not championed. It's seen as um, not having a point of view. If you come up, if you come into something humble, like you don't have anything to say because everybody's fighting for the microphone in most mm-hmm. meetings. Um, and that's kind of the agreement that, you know, the large, the loudest voice wins. So anyway, there's a lot of tension baked into it. That's worth probably to explore. Yeah. So when you say, I just wanted to put a pin in something or, or just like double click on something, Adrian, that you mentioned, you mentioned lose themselves. You said it twice. Um, once you said, quote unquote, lose themselves, I'm, I'm curious, what do you mean by lose themselves? Yeah. So I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of that, uh, self paradox, um, self-actualization paradox that we talk about with, uh, inside the Harrison assessment, which is uh, on the Y axis. If you're listening, you can imagine on the Y axis is, is self-acceptance. Like I'm content. I like who I am. I'm, I'm good with me. I like me. Here I am. That's like the self-acceptance conversation. The Y, the X axis is a self-improvement conversation. So I'm not who yet I could be right. There's a striving to that. Every single person we work with has a really high self-improvement score. Otherwise they usually don't want to work with us because we're challenging. And if you're not up for a challenge, you don't like working with us. So that makes sense. So really high on the self-improvement score. And then some people, even like myself, when I first took the Harrison assessment, my self-acceptance score was really low. And majority of the folks that we work with, it's like that. Not everybody, but a majority are like that, which ends up being this kind of self-sacrificing um, like type of conversation. You know, like I'm here, I'm here to get better. Um, I'm mixing a couple of paradoxes now, but I'm here to get better. Um, and I'm not there yet. And I end up kind of being hard on myself mm. and I'm like forever sacrificing myself mm-hmm. and I'm not good enough. And that works. It really works. Like if I'm, if I'm pushing myself really hard, um, and not good enough, then that people, they'll pat you on the shoulder because you come off like teachable, you come off like, um, humble, you come off like, um, hungry, all those types of things. The challenge though, is that if I'm, if I'm, if I am really hard on myself and I'm really not clear on who I am and why I'm that way and choices I've made and, and, and in some form of acceptance about the moment that I'm in, the phase that I'm in, in this moment in time, then, and if I'm really hard on myself, then when other people come and provide me feedback or provide me challenge, I'll end up being really defensive. So I end up defending what I'm not. <laughs> Um, and that that's interesting, right? So I, I end up because, so it, if I, if I don't own the space that I'm in right now and I'm always in this, what I'm not conversation, that's when we, when I say like lose myself, I'm always in the striving mode. So there's not a lot of peace and contentment. So I don't I actually usually appreciate what's here because I'm mm. always thinking about what's next or what's wrong or what's wrong with me. Yeah. or what I need to be doing, that kind of thing. So I'm never really here and present because there isn't kind of some sense of contentment. And so 
while I really want to be for others and getting better, I end up taking lots of steps back whenever I, when that, when the, when the chickens come home to roost, you know, or when I get challenged or when I really do blow it, I end up becoming the guy I've worked really hard not to be. Mm. That's what I, that's what I mean. You know? So if I'm like, really, if I tell myself I'm really loving of other people, but I'm doing that out of a striving instead of out of an authentic conversation, then I, can, I might see how my, my being helpful to others is still really about me trying to fix some personal deficit. <laughs> That's one thing that I really want to get into is, is humility uh, or self. Um, what's the word? What's the term? Uh, insecurity hidden yeah. by humility. Right on. And yeah. oh, go ahead, Dan, you were going to say something. Uh, yeah. Actually, insecurity is the exact opposite of, of humility. Right. Right. In, in the sense that humility is, it, it requires, it's one of those things that requires a sense of oneself in order to be humble. Uh, the, the root of the word means to lower oneself or to put oneself behind another, right? It, it, there's a bunch of roots on it. Um, there's a bunch of meaning, but it, it, it's a way of relating. Um, and in the, I think the best way to articulate it is that I, I can always learn something from this person, no matter who I'm speaking mm. to. So that it's, but in order to do that, I have to, as Adrian said, accept myself in a way that I, I'm secure in myself to do that. Because if I'm insecure, I'm going to have a very difficult time subordinating myself to somebody else or lowering myself, if you will, in the conversation so I can learn from them. And it becomes a reciprocation. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a very kind it's the kind of conversations akin. It's, it's like listening. Um, it's a form of mutual exploration where I'm willing to listen and understand and learn. I'm willing to challenge my own a priories, right? The things I initially thought were true. I'm willing to, reconsider and that takes a sense of groundedness to to be because it's very un, you know you're destabilizing your worldview it takes humility to do that mm. uh, yeah but, well and i just want to double on what you're saying too dan it's like to put yourself below another is different than to see myself as below that's right another. that's right right so that, that, and for me that's in the distinction i mean that's it that's no, like that's, if it might because that, that's it, right? Like, oh, hold on. We're actually, even if I'm meeting with the boss, I'm actually equal with him as a human being, him or her as a human being. And I might be serving the company's needs below him, blah, 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 blah. But as a human, we both have a right to be here. We both have a right to our own experience. We both have a right to dignity. Da, 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 da. We're the same. Now, I'm going to put myself here for the sake of the mission, for the even maybe for the sake of the conversation. I'm going to put myself here, come in radically open, radically yeah. transparent, listen, listen, listen. Now that's humility. Um, mm. If I, if I don't think I'm, if I don't think I'm equal to the person and I'm below him, that's not humility. No, that's, that's right. Because it's, I don't, in, in fact, it, the prerequisite is I see myself as equal. Yeah. Uh, that's the prerequisite and that I'm secure in my individuality and in my uniqueness in the sense that I'm, I'm um, secure that whatever comes up is going to be either is going to be beneficial for me, even if it's painful and that I'm really open to it because of the benefit that it would have to both of us or to what we're up to together. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, when you talk about servant leadership, a lot of people th hear that as 
self-sacrificing. And certainly you're going to sacrifice some things, but, but to, you know, self-sacrificing can become quite a racket. And I can make you pay a lot for what I've sacrificed. Like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. Do you know what I gave up to be here with you? <laughs> and, and, and in that way, you know, and I see myself as humble in that statement, but really I'm arrogant. I'm, you know, it's like, well, of course, it's not really taking into account the fact that you've probably given up a lot to be here as well. Right. And if, if yeah. I take that into account, then I can easily submit myself or subordinate myself to learn about you and to see what's wanted and needed, et cetera. Yeah. I'm, I'm really good at being arrogant in humility. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can relate to this that's listening, but I know for myself, like I'm actually really good at playing humble. Yeah. I can, I can manipulate, I can enroll people into my quote unquote humility to try to earn like, right. To try to earn their approval and turn, earn their, their kindness and their uh, whatever, all of that stuff that I'm looking for. Right. And I'll, and, and, I mean, I, I think it's a human, ex it can be a human experience. It's one that I've experienced a lot um, and maybe it's relatable, but it's, it's interesting that that is the opposite of humility. That's arrogance, right? Because it's all about me. It's all about what I'm going to get out of it. It's all manipulation to help them, to make them think I am a certain way in order to get what I want. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell, like I had a client today or a potential client, she had listened to one of the podcasts, wanted to look into us as a service. And I was talking to her. She was telling me she works in a startup. They've got, they've gotten some good financing. She started it as a, the sales director. And then they moved her up to the head of sales and then they brought in a pro and then moved her back down, but didn't really communicate with her about it. And she was telling me what a great relationship she had with her with, with the person that had taken her position, who was an older woman, elderly woman, you know, elderly my age, 60s. And she was coming in to help. This was her last hurrah, et cetera. And she says, well, I, I feel like I have a really good working relationship with her. I just don't want to rock the boat. And I said, well, then you must not have a really good working relationship with her. And she was so <laughs> humble. She goes, wow, yeah, I guess that's true. I go, I, yeah, I mean, it seems like a like a paradox or it seems like a contradiction. If you have a good, great relationship with her and you're worried about rocking the boat, right? She goes, yeah, I never thought about that. But it struck me in that moment, how humble she was, right? Confident in herself and then so confident enough to go, oh, wow, that is an inconsistency, right? Mm -hmm. that, that there is a, there's something there I need to look at. And I think that's the true mark of humility is I'm going to be all there with you. I'm not trying to protect myself or hide something from you. And then I'm willing to look at whatever gets exposed. And I'm if, from the perspective of how can I integrate this to, to even be more connected to you or be more effective or whatever it is I'm up to. Yeah. Can we um, talk for just a second about knowing what you're good at? There, there seems to be this idea that um, I, I think I've experienced this. I've been around, I definitely have been around people that, that I've experienced this from when I give them a compliment on something and uh, you know, something that they're really good at or something that they've, you know, really made an impact on me in some way and they deny it or they push it away or they, you know, deflect the compliment and, and use like, Oh, I like this act of like, Oh, I didn't even know I was good at that sort of thing. And, and that that's, 
uh, humility. And to me, that doesn't feel like humility. That, that feels like a game. <laughs> uh, and I'm just wondering, like, where, where does knowing what you're good at and being confident in that, Dan, you mentioned confidence, which was what sparked this for me. But like, where does that and accepting compliments uh, and accepting recognition fall into humility? Or how do we do that in a humble way? You know, it's funny. I was thinking about there's a in the in the Bible, there's a interaction between Jesus and I can't remember the character's name, but he Jesus says to this guy, you're a very humble man. And he says, thank you. I know. Or something like that. Yes, Lord. Thank you. And that always hit me. I was like, wow, that that's humility. Right. And humility is just knowing what I'm good at. Doesn't mean I'm the best. It doesn't mean that I couldn't learn from somebody else. But it's certainly, I'm I'm good at it, right? It's something that I'm accomplished at, and if I'm going to get better, I might as well accept. I'm going to need to accept my level of accomplishment to get to the next level, whatever that is. And I think that's also part of humility: is no matter how accomplished I am, there's always something more. So why wouldn't I say yes? This is where I'm at, and yes, thank you. We used to have an exercise we used to do in the trainings, we, we, you know, somebody would give somebody a compliment and the only response was, thank you. I know. <laughs> That's it. That's all. No, and you that. watch people squirm in that response. It's like, Oh no. It's I not really like they're saying, I'm, you know, it's, it's amazing what people attach to that. Yes. Well, I know. Well, I, I'm thinking about how, uh, how, well, like, what are some requirements of humility? One of the things that comes up for me here is authenticity. So, and this is something you're pointing out, like people think if somebody isn't humble, it's because they haven't, you know, accepted, owned their weaknesses. And what we're pointing out is if someone isn't humble, they haven't accepted and owned their strengths. Mm. Right. Cause if like, if I'm still like in denial, I mean, I know this one, I mean, it, this has been even my own, like over the last year, probably maybe, maybe even less of just really owning my best contribution to this firm. What's my best contribution? If I really own that and stand in that and to be unapologetic about that and be open to correction and open to guidance and all that, but also just like, you know, take that position. Um, that's I mean, your why best I, contribution is to do what I say. Amen. Amen. Dan. <laughs> yes, sir. Whatever you'd like. Yes. Would you like some coffee? Good, now, good soldier. Great contribution. I want to acknowledge you. <laughs> you're such a good soldier Adrian. you said yeah thank you thank you i've been working my whole life to just try to be accepted <laughs> thank um, you i know is the response that you are <laughs> looking for <laughs> um i am a good soldier damn it that's not all i am um so <laughs> the but my point here is is that is that it takes it takes some guts to be willing to own what you're great at it takes courage to do that, you know, and so I think some of the self-deprecation might be just dealing with the awkwardness or something like that. But it's also, I, you know, I, it's, I think people might experience this. I know I have, um, I, you know, it's funny. It comes up even around like gifts, like Christmas gifts yeah. or something like that. Like if I get like the ultimate Christmas gift for Allie, it's like, holy shit, I've just raised the bar and I can't now go below that anymore. Mm. You know, it's like, if, I think people have this internal, like if I'm, if I just, if I own the level I'm really at now that's resets the bar. And most people are in a, 
in some version of a, what can I get by with and feel okay about conversation about life. And, you know, and we just rather do that and, and whatever level of acceptance we can take, that's the old Kierkegaard quote, men find a level of despair that's tolerable and call it happiness. But that, that if I'd rather keep the bar low, but there's something, I think there's something about owning what I'm great at that actually is, it generates some fear internally for us. Like, what if I can't keep, what if I can't keep up? So I better, I might as well let that be a superstitious thing. Like that just happened once. Thank you very much. But that was a fluke. I can't believe it. Blah, blah, blah. Instead of just owning it and then using it as a way to like stay up and calling me into my capacity. But anyway, so the the authenticity to be willing to own that, even if it was a one-time the first time you did it. Well, you know, the other thing is you mentioned gift giving, you know, and somebody gives you a great gift. How do you receive it? Cause it takes humility to receive a gift, mm-hmm. right? Like I I'm constantly reminded that part of giving is receiving. Like if, because I get a sense of the difference. If I give you something and you really receive it and you enjoy it without having to like not earn it, just like you receive it, it gives me a sense of making a difference. It actually gives back to me. But if you have to diminish yourself or you have to diminish, you know, you have to, you know, make it okay or that you earned it, it really, it, it undermines the gift you give back by receiving it. And it takes you, I don't know about you, but when somebody, somebody gave me a, a friend of mine, she said, dear friend, over the years, her dad died and I had spent a lot of time working with her just kind of being with her because she was, she didn't have any family besides her dad and he was dying. And I just hung with her, you know, just through the process when he died, he left her a whole collection of very, you know, he collected watches and she gave me this one, like it's a customized, it's called a Vacheron Constantine. It's a mechanical watch. It's really thin made it on my, in the year I was born and she gave it to me. And I remember I was like, Oh, you can't that, you know, that's you, that's too much, right? I, but I didn't say it. I just received it and thanked her. And afterwards, I was talking to my wife. She goes, I'm so glad you didn't say that to her because it would have made her feel, she wouldn't have got the blessing that, because I was just white when she gave it to me. So thankful. But then I was like wrestling with, oh, she can't give this to me, right? Mm-hmm. This is like way beyond what I did for her. And, and But it, who am I to say that? That's right. That's Who right. am I to say that that to her, that was worth it. Maybe I could just receive that. And that, that, because in my mind, I was just being with her. Right. But that was all that was needed. I mean, that was, that was worth that kind of gift. So I was, I still have it. I've had it for 20 years. And that's it, beautiful. I never, I never worry. I never wear it. Cause I'm afraid I'm going to leave it somewhere because I hate wearing jewelry. So, but yeah, so, that, so- that, that's a form of humility is, subordinating yourself for somebody else, like, and really considering letting it impact you. I know for me, it was very, cause I couldn't make up in my mind how I earned it. How would you, how would you characterize that in a word? What's, what's like the attribute that that is like being willing to accept a gift from somebody other Words, than humble. Yeah. I was going to say humble, <laughs> you know, well, I'm but keeping a little. Think about, just think about how arrogant it is in my mind. I, I, arrogant in me to think I can earn everything. Sure, it's like I 
that's arrogance. Like that's what always occurs to me. It's like, wow, I have to, there's this natural thing that goes off in me is I don't, I want to earn it. So I don't owe you something as if you give me something. If I didn't earn it, I owe you something. Yeah. That Talk about that's what goes on naturally in my mind. And it's really, it's really hurt my relationships. And, you know, throughout history, as I look back, you know, I've, I've come to terms with that quite a bit, but, but that's, you know, if, if you have to earn something all the time, then there's no way that the other person can give to you. Mm. It's all about you. It's all about me. Right? The reason I asked, the reason I asked for a single word is I'm, I'm keeping track of the characteristics of humble that we uh, push into so I can have a nice little package at the end of this I thing. Know what that but, <laughs> so, so yeah. far I have authentic and, and learning or curious. Um, both of you have hit on learning multiple, multiple times. Modest. I, I think that's modest. modest. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's one word for it. I mean, there's, um, that, yeah. Um, I know what that's not. It's like, can I find the word that that is? That's sure. It's interesting. It's interesting. Cause there's openness. Cause it, I mean, the, the phrase around it is like letting, cause you're going to, in that moment, you're going to let her express her experience back to you. And for you, there was a distinction between what you thought you were doing, which is being a friend and what she experienced you doing, which is being quite heroic for her. Yeah. It was a, for her. Yeah. Right. And there's a long list of people that didn't do that. A very short list, probably with one guy's name on it that did that. But for you, it was just what you do <laughs> in that moment with that person, you know? So she was rewarding something that wasn't, it, it wasn't occurring to you that way. So I don't know what that word is, but it, there is, well, I don't know. I'm pretentious. You know, there, there's like unassuming is a big one that hit me because I was assuming I had to earn it or that there was some, mm. there's some differential that we're not speaking about, but operating on. And just to receive it would be extremely mm -hmm. humble. I had to let go of my assumptions around all that. That's why that occurred to me. Mm. Yeah. I also, I, I think for me in the past, I've made up that like, being given a gift that I couldn't return puts yeah. me below somebody. It makes you humble. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but in a, in a hierarchical, like worth, uh, worth, worth to the relationship or worth to the connection, right. Puts yeah. me below them in the, in this, uh, in this working of connection together. So that's interesting. Adrian, you mentioned self-deprecation. You kind of just like drove past it. Um, and you, posed it in the context of defensive awkwardness, which I thought was an interesting look at it. Um, and I had self-deprecation on my list of things to talk about. Um, what role does self-deprecation play? Is it true humility? Is it a, is it a indicator of true humility or what is, what is self-deprecation? Yeah. Well, I usually think about it like when someone, you know, is making fun of themselves or, yeah. you know, I mean, it's usually generates some, you know, lightness in the conversation mm -hmm. um, and some and, it, you know, if someone's trying to put anybody on a pedestal, you know, it kind of takes the pedestal away and there makes some evenness and some connection there. 
Um, but I think in that moment, there might not be what Dan's talking about in his example. You know, if someone is really complimenting you and you're trying to, out of humor, not let them compliment you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah, like, context is a big deal. That's for sure. You know, and just, you know, if, if you if you have made a big difference with someone and they want to let you know that this is going to this is going to, by the way, this conversation is going to haunt me for the next five years. Like, what is the word for being an open space where people can freely express themselves? What's that word? Mm. I don't know what that is. An invitation. We'll make it. We'll create the word. I mean, deferential. um, Yeah. Anyway, back to your point, Joe, though, Chad, about about self-deprecating. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people don't know, quote, quote, unquote, don't take compliments well just because it's awkward. It feels awkward. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. You know, because you don't want to come off arrogant, like, oh, or what might be seen as arrogant, like, thanks, I know. That might be seen as arrogant. um, you know, and so to deal with the awkwardness of the moment, we might just make, make little of it. Right. Um, or make little of myself. Um, in order but to, as like, the, not... as the one offering the compliment that diminishes the experience of like, right I really, Adrian, I really want you to know how you have impacted my life. What I, you know, with this gift you have given me back to the gift giving, but like this gift you've given me, I want to tell you, you. That that's, and, and if you write it off, if you blow it off and say, ah, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Or that's, you know, whatever, uh, I don't know, whatever the thing is, it's like, it, it diminishes my experience as some way that I'm trying to connect with you. Yeah. You and, know, and in some ways doesn't honor, it doesn't honor yourself either. It's dishonoring, you know, like if I don't actually just own what I've spent 10 years becoming, Mm-hmm. And I'm dishonoring the, the path that got me here and all the sacrifices it took and all the, you know, that's dishonoring to that. And it's dishonoring to the path itself, which is, I'm just, I'm, I'm picturing as you're talking about a mentee talking to a mentor and all of a sudden the, men, the mentee says, Hey, this meant a lot to me. And here's all these reasons why. And the mentor says, ah, I just got lucky. It's like, well, <laughs> you also just diminished the path because this guy's actually looking to you to see the road in which to travel, to get to where you are. And you're saying, Oh, there was no road. That was a hologram. Um, you know, and, and anyway, there's a dishonoring to it. Like there's a, uh, there's an, un, I think, I think some of the defer the deferential thing is also like some hidden, like unworthiness and lack of, I keep coming back to this idea of how, how intrinsic um, responsibility is with humility because mm. if you take responsibility for all the great things I am and that can happen in the world through me and take responsibility for all the shit that I can create, then all of a sudden I've got the possibility of being humble because I'm owning, you know, the sinner and saint inside of myself. And mm. so whenever my, I'll just use that language because people probably understand when my saint shows up, when my guy that makes a big impact if I don't watch it, I just want to make sure they remind of the, Hey, I'm also a piece of shit, blah, blah, blah. Let me just make sure you don't know. I mean, da, da, da. Um, which might also just be that kind of, I don't know when people, when people are like really transparent and share the hard stuff and in this culture, um, that's also really praised. And my, my, my grandfather used to say, junior, your faults are for you to talk about and your strengths are for others to talk about. 
because I was boastful. So yeah, I was amazed I could do the things I did. So I'd be boasting about them. And <laughs> one day he pulled me aside and said, you know, your faults are for you to talk about. And your your gifts and the things you're good at are for others to talk about. If you talk about them, then you take it away from them. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Can I have another? <laughs> I'm going to relay that to my eight-year-old son's soccer team this week. <laughs> Awesome. I coach them and they're having a winning season and uh, they're not going to let anybody not know. <laughs> Stoic lesson number one. <laughs> That's right. Well, this has been a, I, I love this conversation. So I've just been collecting words as we go along. Uh, Cause I, I'm, you know, most of this is just for personal gain anyway. Cause I just love these conversations. I get so much out of them and I get to crystallize some of these ideas well, you're paid you know so well, you know. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> well, you pay you you're paying for it, man. You, you do a great job with us. So I'm glad you're getting you're getting something out of it. That's great. Well, uh, well, that's I, I appreciate it. What hits me too is is we haven't like really talked about. I think it's a C.S. Lewis quote. Maybe Dan, that you quote sometimes, and or and it might be from him or it might be just in pu- public lore. But you know, humility is isn't thinking. I'll get the quote wrong even now. It isn't thinking of yourself too highly. It's it's thinking of yourself too much. Yeah, it's yeah, it's right. It it's it's comes something like it isn't thinking of yourself. I, I, I'll find we, it. we really know this one. Oh, hack it up good. <laughs> that idea. You got we, the general we, gist of it. That, but that the general gist is is you know it's not it's it's how self-centered you are. Yeah. And because even either pole, you could you could be really selfish and self and 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 be beating yourself up all the time, or you could be really selfish and you know aggrandizing yourself all the time. Um, if you're actually there, no matter where you are, if I'm being my like best self, right, and I'm doing that for others, I'm actually transparent to myself, and I actually am humble because mm. I'm here in service of others. But I'm not. But it's not that I don't exist. It's not that I, um, it's not that I'm not making a contribution. I just don't care as much about that than what other people do as the receivers of it. They think, oh, wow, he's great. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I was looking at you the whole time and I'm thinking about you. And I, I know even for, even for me, every time I, I get up and whenever we go into training and stuff, I'm so nervous. Why am I nervous? I'm really concerned about myself. That's why I'm nervous. Yeah. I don't lack the skills and the talent and the expertise. That's that part's figured out, but I'm nervous because I want, I'm wondering about if I'm going to look good or not. That's right. just a conversation in my head. Yeah. And then as soon as I get in the room and I'm reminded I'm here for them, I can tell myself that, but when I get to the room and realize, ah, the purpose of the training is right in front of me, mm-hmm. not for me to say something, not for me to be something, not for even for me to make a difference purpose of the training is for them to have an experience that makes a difference for them. So I am actually in that moment really here for them. And all of a sudden I, I think that all the I conversations in my head start to, to the volume starts to turn down hmm. and I really start listening. And that's when I, you know, feel less, I was going to say feel less important. I think that's really what it is. Like all my concerns just kind of are moved down below what the concerns of the room are less significant less significant. And something I ask my, my clients a lot is when did you become so significant? <laughs> well, you know, the, you're that's a powerful question for myself. 
Yeah. yeah. Breeds resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It's on humility. either side, on, on either side, right? Either like side, that's right. Yes. Of like how great I am, or even, I mean, even just this morning, I was talking to a buddy and he went on about how hard the last 10 days have been and how hard his life is and da, da, da. And I'm just like, man, you're so full of yourself. He's like trying to enroll me in this, what was me conversation. And I don't care about the, I mean, it's like, okay, but like, anyway, this, and, you know, and we all know people in our lives and we could, we've probably all been this person as well, where it's just like, we're trying to enroll people into our victim story. Yeah. And that's not humility. Yeah. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. less. It sounds Thanks. so much better when, when Clive Staples Lewis says it. <laughs> I don't get to say that very often. Well, gentlemen, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming, uh, bringing the goods as always. Let's plug some shit. I want to talk about Revenant. <laughs> Let's um, plug it, baby. Plug it. <laughs> I want to talk about Revenant because um, we've got we've got another Revenant coming up in Nashville. Um, I don't know, and I'm not even prepared for this. What are the dates for that sucker? The it's uh, June 23rd through the 20 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. And Come, um, yeah, go ahead. And we only do about two or three of these years. So yeah, I'm glad we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Come, come be with us in Nashville. People um, describe the Revenant as uh, they, they talk about it as the top three most significant events in their life. Yeah. That's the top of, three most significant events in their life. Out of 3000 people we had sent out, uh, what do you call Survey. it? Surveys. Um, and 96 or 7% of them came back saying it was in the top three percent, yeah. top three experiences in their life. Pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, so, and for, I mean, there's a, there's a website, which Chad will plug in a second about that, but you know, the, it really connects to this humility conversation. Um, you know, it's an opportunity to, to really get outside of yourself for the sake of, or get over yourself or get through yourself. There's lots of, <laughs> pick all the prepositions you want. It's there. Um, reorient yourself. To, anyway, it's like a, a deep personal exploration about how to make a difference for somebody else. Mm -hmm. That's why people come in really clear about a couple areas or maybe one main area of their life where they're really looking for some kind of breakthrough, looking to level up, looking to get by, I mean, get through something, looking to put something in the past, look, there's something like that. But the, the type of conversation is becomes such a universal framework that it's got trickling out effect into every domain of life. Yeah. So yeah. it's really, it's very powerful. And, and if that didn't make any sense to you, what I just said, cool, let's talk about it. We've got a team that wants to talk to you about, you know, if it's the right fit for you, it's not the right fit for everybody. It's four days. It's long days. It's for folks that really want something new. It's not for kind of the. I promise you, folks. we won't get tired of my training room, in yeah. our training room. In yeah. our training. <laughs> we we this it's fast moving. It's kinesthetic. It's there's a lot of engagement between people, and it's conversational. It's not just trainer to participant, but it's participant to participant. And eventually, within the first two days, Adrian and I are in the back of the room, and the participants are actually running the room. So. We, we love, I, I really, it's, to me, it's um, where I get, I have the best conversations spiritually during that time. You know, I, I, every morning in the shower is a whole new um, revelation for me. I, I love it because it keeps, you know, it's, it's interesting. One of the things that really has 
come to turn, come to the foreground for me about training and it, it's become true for me in life as well is that people call out aspects of me that I would have never met unless I met them. And, and that's the biggest experience I have in the training room. And I think others experience that too, that like it, if I had never met Adrian, there's an aspect of my life where you, Chad, there's aspects of my life that would have never been realized. Mm-hmm. And, and it really puts a different perspective on meeting people. Like people are like books that will um, summon aspects of your character and soul to the surface that would have never made it to the surface without them. And, and that's what I really look forward to. Yeah. And um, let me just say here too. So this is, I mean, this, this training, uh, this training is maybe one or two iterations from a training from what Dan created back in like what, 95? Uh, no, uh, 91. Yeah. 91. So for those that really respect um, the process of building something over time and making it make, like keep making it better and better and to making tweaks and listening to it. I mean, Dan's been at this. How long is that? 90, 90, 31, 30, 32 years, 33, 30. Years. Yes. So I'll say it because Dan would never say it. I mean, Dan is world-class and I don't mean like really good. I mean like one of the best on the planet, at this type of intervention, this type of training. Um, so if you've not been, I mean, when I, as soon as I was, you know, saw Dan in action, I immediately thought, oh, I want to hook my wagon to this guy as long as he'll let me. Mm-hmm. So not to make this about Dan, it's not about Dan's personality. It's about, it's about the work he's put in about how to make, to help people make these types of transformations in their own lives. I was just thinking, deprecate in my mind. I'm thinking, yeah. And then after he met me, he's been trying to unhook his wagon. For the last <laughs> now, 10 now years. Dan, now Dan, the only thing you can say is, thank you. I know. Thank, thank you, you. I know. I know. It's great, man. Own that shit, man. Own <laughs> that shit. I'm owning. It. You know, it's Own crazy. This shit. this last one. Two things to add, really quick. Uh, I know we're gushing, but uh, it's worth it. Um, <laughs> my good buddy, brother, business partner, Alonzo went through the Revenant uh, in February. I was just having a conversation with him yesterday on our, on our weekly, um, our, our regular weekly uh, planning meeting. And he said, you know, that thing changed my life. Like I can't even describe how it changed my life. Dan and Adrian should be charging 10 times as much for that thing. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) You can still pay that if he feels If if you want to pay more, I can take it. Exactly. Um, So that was awesome. I also mentioned I, the last one, I was behind the camera in February and actually um, even from behind the camera, not as a a participant, but as just capturing some social media assets and stuff. You're, you're in, you're, you're still in the training if you're in the room and uh, my relationship to my father was completely transformed. Um, talking, I mean, from I'm, I'm 39 now. And so 39 years of a really strained relationship. And it's it, yeah. the, the discovery that I made in February completely changed everything for me. Um, and my dad's, my dad's passing away in front of, you know, right in front of my face, lung cancer and um man what what a gift that that was to be able to transform that um before he goes oh i'm so glad chad that that makes me very happy thank you that's a blast you know one of the things that moved me in the room was there was a young woman in the room who had 
She's uh, my daughter's age. She's actually, she was good friends with my daughter over the years. She was 35 or 36. And she came to me afterwards and said, you know, I've never wanted to have children. I've never wanted to be married. And after this training, I realized I want to be. Mm. And I've just been afraid of that vulnerability, which was very moving to me. You know, like, And so I'm looking forward. She's going to probably be in the next training too. So I'm looking forward to it. Amazing. It's going to be good stuff. All right. Thanks for letting us plug some shit, everybody. Thank you for being here. Great conversation. Love you, dudes. All right, man. Bless you. Bye-bye, everybody. my friends thank you so much for listening to yet another conversation on the naked leadership podcast your listenership and commitment to the podcast means the world to us if this podcast or these conversations has helped or inspired you in any way would you mind going to apple podcasts and leaving a five-star rating and a glowing review this helps us grow the movement and reach more leaders and teams finally the greatest compliment that you can give us is sharing the podcast with your teams and the other leaders in your life until next week bye-bye everybody Thank you.